I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blimke. And you're listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. You can now listen to all of our episodes and see show notes at FriendlyAtheistPodcast.com. A few weeks ago, I was listening to Alex Bloomberg's popular podcast, Startup, which is all about his journey beginning his own podcasting company. In one episode, he aired a conversation with Trevor McKendrick, an atheist who was making quite a bit of money selling a Bible app for your phone. So, you know, we had to talk to him ourselves. So Trevor is here with us today. Trevor, how are you? Doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. So I guess first and foremost, it's important to point out that the reason we're speaking to you is that you're an atheist who made a Bible app. I'm sure you're by no means the only person who's created a Bible app. What? Why? 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 <laughs> why did I? Why, why am I an atheist or why did I make a no, Bible app? <laughs> I, I guess those are both fair questions. Why did you decide to make a Bible app as an atheist? Um, so at the time I, I wasn't, uh, you know, a true blue through and through atheist. And even now, I, I mean, I, I, I teeter between, you know, being agnostic and, and atheist. Um, but, but when I decided to make the app, this was back in, um, I launched it in April of 2012. I was kind of on the cusp of leaving, of leaving, uh, Mormonism. I've been brought up in a, a really kind of strict Mormon home. I gone on a Mormon mission to Mexico. I, uh, got married in a Mormon temple, um, and so I wasn't, while well, I was kind of like getting out of the faith, uh, it, I was still, I was still in transition. So it didn't feel like I was doing this, like, a, you know, this, uh, I wasn't building a product that kind of opposed my view system at the time. Mm. Um, and it was just a, you know, it was just a, for me, it was just like a, a business opportunity and it happened to, you know, kind of fit my skill set with the Spanish. And I, I kind of just went for it. I didn't, I didn't even consider, I mean, I didn't even know it was going to be that big. Right. And to be clear, this is a Spanish-language Bible app, correct? That's correct, uh-huh. So one of the things I found really fascinating is that on your website, and we'll provide a link in the show notes for this, you're very open, which I love, about how much money you've made about it, what the when people are buying it, how people are buying it. Like You talked about your first year in the App Store, your second year in the App Store. <laughs> I'm curious, what are the trends you have found in terms of when people are buying your app? Uh, or maybe if you know why they're buying it or anything like that. Uh, that's a great question. And honestly, one of the hard parts about doing business in the App Store is that Apple doesn't give you a lot of that information. Mm. Um, but the so the few trends that I can speak to are that um, uh, January is our best month of sales. Um, that would have been I, I, my guess because people do things in January, like I don't a know. New Year's resolution. Yeah. I'm going to read Exa- the Bible. Exactly. I in assume Spanish. it's the same as like the gym crowd, right? Uh, yeah. Just with 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 uh, religion, spirituality. Um, a lot of people think that like December is a big month for us, and it's an okay month, but it's not not our best. We don't see like this huge uh, peak around Christmas or Easter or anything like that. Um, and, and frankly, the vast majority, and this is kind of the, the reason for the success of the app is the vast majority of the people that find us, um, do it because they're searching in the app store. They open their apps, the app in the app store and they, they, you know, they search for La Biblia or La Biblia Reina Valera, which is a version of the Bible. And we rank really, really well for those phrases. Um, like we're, for La Biblia, the Bible, we're number two, um, after, you know, the, this huge hundred million download company that's number one. So that's, um, that's kind of the, the reason for the, the success of the app. Just out of curiosity, what is it that separates, what makes your Bible app so good? Cause it's clearly not just a, Hey, we translated the Bible into Spanish or <laughs> for the first time ever. Yeah. Right. 
it's been done before. So what makes your app so special? Yeah. So the whole idea from the beginning was let's do something that caters entirely to native Spanish speakers. And what I mean by that is all the other apps, well, the vast majority of the other of the Spanish language Bible apps in the app store are, are English apps that have been the, uh, the programmer phrases uh, localized into Spanish, right? So if you are in the U S on an iPhone from the, from the U S and the language on your phone is, English, because that's how you bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look in the app store, all of the Bibles are going to be in English, right? Mm-hmm. And and because that's the way the apps are made, they're made first in English and then ported to Spanish. Versus me, it doesn't matter. For our app, we make it's all in Spanish, no matter where you are, no matter what the settings are on your phone. So if you are in the U.S. or in a Latin American country or anywhere in the world, you oh, if you search for our app, all of the marketing is in Spanish. The app is always in Spanish. Our website is only in Spanish. Every our email uh, messages are, are only in Spanish. Everything is catered to native uh, Spanish speakers versus kind of treat them like as second class citizens as they're prone to be treated uh, in the U.S. As far as businesses are concerned. So let's that, get to that the. Makes sense. That, yeah, that does make sense. Right? I can see why that would be appealing to a lot of people who probably don't have anywhere else to go or that the apps that they buy, if they wanted a Spanish language Bible app, probably aren't catered. Like you said, they aren't catered to their needs. Exactly. Are you getting people buying it from countries you may not expect? Because I'm sure those are numbers you do get. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I honestly don't even keep track of all the different countries that people download the app from at this point. I mean, it's, I mean, dozens and dozens of various countries where you would assume that not not a soul speaks spanish i mean it's the middle east it's in africa it's i mean it's it's all over i mean it's not a lot i mean we're talking like a handful of downloads here and there but it's it's downloaded by people everywhere do you ever feel i don't think guilty is the right word but do you ever feel odd or off put about making a good amount of money yeah (laughs) yeah um yes and uh well i I should say i felt i used to feel more conflicted so the times when I feel the quote unquote worst is when I get emails from people um, asking for me to, for example, like pray for, I had someone asked me for to pray for their uncle um, because he was sick and he was in the hospital or something or, you know, pray for my child or, you know, or, or sometimes like people asking to me like to interpret Bible verses for them. And so those moments I don't feel really good because then I, then I realized that, you know, well, I've always known this, but it makes it kind of it brings it home where people are really looking for kind of solutions to big problems, to almost unsolvable problems through the Bible and through Christianity. And they're and not frankly, just downloading your app for the hell of reading the Bible. They yeah. they need it. Yeah, they're looking to some. They're, yeah, they're, they're, exactly. And um, and so and those kind of moments are um, off putting, I guess you could say. Um, and so I, you know, I'll return the email and, you know, say, oh, you know, we're not a, I'm not a priest or any, I'm not a pastor, you know, you should go talk to your local congregation. Right. Um, but, and so those moments are kind of like, oh, that, you know, that's, I mean, that sucks to kind of, that, that, that speaks to the, you know, the, <laughs> the problems of the human experience, I think more than anything, yeah. but they don't see it that way. Right. They're looking, I mean, if, if the problem is, is if you're, I mean, these people are, they can't be too destitute because they own an iPhone, but that said, <laughs> but but that said, um, if you're emailing some random app maker on the app store to get help for your son or daughter, like you're probably not in the best 
yeah. place. And so that that weighs on me a little bit. And but frankly, I, mean, I don't know if this is good or bad. I kind I actually don't read those emails anymore, um, just because it was. I mean, I get a lot of emails for even for random things, not just that kind of stuff. And I I, I just kind of archive them and, and don't see them anymore. That I, I get us some similar emails too from people, and you you kind of have to gauge: is this person yeah. someone I need to respond to? Because they'll criticize yeah. things I've written or sure. opinions I've had, and it's like. If I think you're genuinely asking me a question that I could answer, yeah. all right, I'll respond to you. If I think you're just trying to uh, do a drive-by preaching or something, or you need help that I'm not the guy you should be asking, right. I, I file them away. Well, Trevor, I think it's interesting that you get emails. Like, I can understand somebody writing to, like, you, Hammond, or even I've gotten a couple of emails because they listen to us talk right. and, like, feel like they have a relationship. Right. But – you know, oh, yeah. with with due respect, it's not, you know, you're the guy who created their app. It surprises me that they're like, this guy is the one I need to talk to, you know? I, yeah, well, I'm right there with you. That's what I'm saying. It's like if they, if like if emailing me is, you know, if they've gotten to that, you know, right. plan X on their to do on their <laughs> checklist of help, then then, yeah, they're not they're probably not doing too well. Or maybe they're just like, hey, it's I'm right here in the Bible and I'll, I'll email him. And it's, it, I mean, it's because you can access that from the from the app. Mm-hmm. But but my 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 I kind of tend to think towards the former. Sure. Wait, when they're emailing you, do they know they're emailing in like Trevor or are they emailing like the podcast? Bible app? Yeah. Guy. Well, I, so the, so my email does pop up. It goes it does go to Trevor at Salem Software dot org. OK, um, but that said, from a lot of the emails that I get from these users, um, it, it would appear that most aren't super tech savvy. Yeah. Um, so I I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't even see the email address and they just started typing and sent it. Wow, they're looking for help anywhere they can get. I know that's really interesting. That would be yeah sad. Really, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like really low on the again, no offense, really low on the people I would email for help. Yeah, I mean, I brought it up. It's fine. It's, but it's, <laughs> it's true. That's so, really so the reason, like we said in the intro, the reason we heard about you is on Alex Bloomberg's podcast. Can you tell us how that even happened? Uh, how did he get in touch with sure. you, or vice versa? Yeah, so he um, the podcast tweeted out they were looking to talk to other entrepreneurs, um, you know, kind of hear their stories. And I really like the podcast, and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll email them. And so I sent them like this, you know, four line email. It started off with, you know, I'm a Bible salesman, sort of, and then <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and emailed them, and I kind of forgot about it. And then randomly, you know, I don't know, a week or so later, um, one of their producers. Um, Caitlin emailed me and was like, Hey, you know, we, we, you know, we like your story. We want to hear more. And I was like, Oh, all right, cool. And so, um, she and I talked on the phone, um, kind of for about 20 minutes, not recorded. I she was kind of just screening me. Yeah. Um, yeah. and at the end, uh, she was like, Hey, you know, I, you know, we, we'd love for Alex to interview you. And she, you know, she set up a time and, and, uh, so Alex Bloomberg and I Skyped for about 45 minutes. Um, and it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, I've been a big fan of it. I listened to This American Life and, yeah. and the whole thing. So it was it was a lot of fun. I recorded the whole conversation, so I have that kind of for posterity. Yeah. This is like the peak of my career. I can get back <laughs> in this moment. Well, I've listened to the startup <laughs> podcast too, and it's a fantastic really story of how he began his podcasting company. And yeah, I, it was always it's interesting to hear the progression of his business. And I know my eyes, my ears kind of, you know, perked up when I heard your story as well. And I imagine a lot of people heard it 
uh, not just atheists, but anyone who heard it, and they're like, oh, that's interesting. And I'm wondering, what's the what was the reaction? So what happened after that episode aired? So after, and I just want to say, first of all, it's good. I, I'm glad to hear that you liked it and people liked it, because when I'm listening to his podcast, I'm like, I don't want to hear about other people. I want to hear about, like, Alec Bloomberg's company. I was like, <laughs> right. man, if they're putting me on, they, I don't know, maybe they're jumping the shark. So that's... <laughs> That's good to hear. Um, but but anyway, so the, the reaction – so frankly, from the podcast, the reaction was – it was good. People – I mean I was I was frankly um, surprised because I live in – right now in Salt Lake City, Utah. Mo, you know, I went to BYU. It's a Mormon school out here and um, – We're familiar. Most of my friends are Mormon. And so the, the, the reaction for most people was uh, surprisingly good. Like, oh, hey, I love your story um, and, and that. I, I, I didn't have too – too many complaints, uh, and that's. A, I don't think people who like were super angry are going to reach out very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of there's kind of some selection bias there, but uh, but that was from the podcast. And then I don't know a week or two weeks later, three weeks later, um, it got it, it blew up because Business Insider basically wrote a summary of the podcast. Right. Um, I don't know. If, yeah. So I sound like you guys saw that. So that. Well, got yeah. It, the the, the headline. There, the headline for that story was like a very clickbaity headline. Mm-hmm. Like, meet the atheist Bible salesman who made a lot of money. We thought oh, this yeah, was I a mean, regular that's Bible like app. Insider's entire like, <laughs> business model. That's their business model. Yeah. Um, and so they wrote about it, and then that got, and then I guess they like syndicate their content or something because. That got picked up by literally like thousands of other, you know, <laughs> yeah, no name blogs. And then from that, it um, um, they aired like a two minute bit on like Fox News in the morning. Um, and so that was just that was like, oh, Ooh, my what did they gosh, say? Like so much attention and the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so anyways, to answer your original question, the, the reaction has been uh, mostly positive, um, like the Fox News people they posted the 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 bit to their Facebook page twice, and so it ha- you know has like tens of thousands right. of comments and likes and the whole thing. And so I and so reading through some of those, I was a little nervous. But the but <laughs> honestly, the if I could summarize the main like Christian reaction, it was that you know God works in mysterious ways, and he's mm. you know this atheist <laughs> doesn't realize that God's working through him to distribute his Bible to more people. So no, I think if, you if realize like, that exactly. <laughs> You're doing exactly if that's that. the um. And so I'm, if that's like the average reaction, I'm like, I'll take that. Like that's, I can, I can, I can work with that, I guess. Yeah. As far as internet trolls go, that's not too bad. Right. Yeah. And I got a couple, I'm well, one really nasty email in particular, but overall, um, it was, it was much better. My wife, so my wife isn't, I mean, she's doesn't, is unsure about where she stands. And so she was kind of nervous about all this getting out. Mm -hmm. Um, and she ended up being mostly fine with everything. So I, I guess that's a good gauge. What's, what about on the other side? Like, it sounds like Christians were more or less okay with it because I think they're probably fine anytime anyone's doing anything with the Bible. They're like, cool. <laughs> what about on the other side? Have you gotten any pushback from, like, atheists or non-believers who are like, you shouldn't be peddling this crap? <laughs> well, I'm waiting for – I was like, what, what's the angle of this interview? With <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> we're coming to get you. Yeah, honestly. So I have, I have like hypotheses about, about why, but honestly, non-believers have been very positive. Like, like what's the big deal? He's making a better product. Yeah. You know, he's, you know, they're going to get it from another source anyway. Like yeah. non-believers have been super nice about it. And maybe that's just because we got to kind of like stick together. Um, <laughs> it's kind of my yeah. hypothesis, but, but. I haven't heard a single person say, you know, of an atheist or non-believer say, you know, 
anything towards the contrary. Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I like you said, I, it's if they're not going to get it from you, they're going to get it from somewhere. And it's and again, I don't think what you're doing is proselytizing. You're no. selling a product that's out yeah. there, and you're making it better. And that to me is very different than saying, "Hey, the Bible is literally true." Or anything like that. That would disturb me. But you're not doing that. But on that same note, like, you, haven't you and I have gotten pushback for having, like, conservative people or yeah. pro-life people on this show? Right, People right. say, like, oh, why are you really? giving them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Just to interview them because it's a very interesting conversation to us to talk to people sure. who we totally disagree with. And we think it's an important part of the show right. because otherwise we're just, like, how many conversations with you can you have with people who agree with you? Right. Like, it gets old <laughs> fast. Oh. <laughs> But I know I, I totally agree. Like I, um, I, I, there's a similar podcast for Mormonism where they'll bring up people kind of on both sides. Um, and those are always much more, I mean, much more fascinating and kind of keeps you, I don't know, on your toes is, is the right phrase, but kind of makes you somewhat in, more intellectually honest with yourself. Yeah. Um, cause you just keep like patting your team on the back. You kind of like forget why you got to that position to begin with. No, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Let me go back to something you said earlier. So you talked about your Mormon upbringing and going to BYU and a mission trip and everything. Uh, so what what did lead you out of your faith? So and it was a mission trip. So it was a, just for the record, it was a two year mission. It was right, long. right. <laughs> yes, the, the typical why, like you're nineteen. For me to clarify. Yeah. Um, Is anyway, this when you're like um, eighteen or nineteen and you go on your two year uh, trip? Yeah, yeah. I was nineteen to, to twenty one. Okay. Yep. Where, um, where'd you go? I was in a place called Oaxaca, Mexico, down in southern Mexico. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was. I actually really enjoyed it. I'm glad I did it. It was a fascinating uh, cultural experience, if nothing else. Um, but, um, oh, I'm forgetting what the original question. So how was, did that uh, end oh, up did leading out? you out of it? Yeah. Yeah, so I'd always had questions and doubts and concerns about Mormonism, you know, from my, my teenage years on up. Um, but, not, you know, I was always... I I wanted Mormonism to be true. Frankly, even now, I kind of still wish I want Mormonism to be true. I'd love to be wrong, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so and so from that desire, and I'm the you know I'm the oldest of six kids, and I I I just I didn't even know leaving was like an option. I didn't really consider it. I was I wanted to go back to BYU, is where all my friends were, mm-hmm. um, and so it was like so scary that I just didn't even consider it. Um, a couple years after my mission, I was, I don't know, I think a junior um, at BYU, I had come to the, this is 2008, I come to the conclusion that Mormonism was wrong, I didn't believe it anymore, and I kind of started telling people, but it's it, it was, it's like impossible to have a social life at BYU if you don't believe. Oh, yeah. And, and so I basically ended up justifying staying, saying that, you know, even if it's wrong, there's, you know, it teaches good things, you know. People have good families because of Mormonism and that whole kind of narrative. And I did that for, prob- I think, around three more years until two things happened. Um, one is my younger brother, who's seven years younger than me, decided to leave. I mean, I had no idea that he had had doubts or concerns. Wow. So we kind of we talked a lot about that. And then number two is I got married, which removed the um, social motivations and incentives to kind of be active and attend church. Mm. And so all of a sudden I had like, because uh, a lot of, well, Mormon church is just so boring. It's three hours every <laughs> Sunday. Even a lot of active Mormons will, will agree with that. It's just awful. And so, you know, 
I didn't have any more reason to put up going to that anymore. And I had kind of some support or at least, you know, a comrade with my brother. And so I finally just realized that was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't really believed this this whole time. But I just never knew that I could leave. And all of a sudden when it was like I realized it was an option and the downsides were minimized, I was like and I was gone. I was like not even looking back. They're actually at BYU. I've heard stories. There are underground like LGBT groups really? and underground atheist groups huh. that they they hide because if they were found out, they I mean BYU, right? yeah, BYU could expel them. Um, Trevor, is if I may ask, is your wife? How did you meet her? Was it through the church though, or was it somewhere else? <laughs> totally, of course. Yeah, I mean the classic, <laughs> the classic BYU relationship stories. You meet in you know, one of the, the wards are, or the congregations are called wards. So, you know, you, and, and they're all, it's actually organized really well where the apartment complexes around you all go to the same church at the same time. Hmm. Um, and so there's this kind of social uh, reinforcement of going to church with the people you live with. But anyway, so we were in the same congregation and we, we met at BYU and this sounds ridiculous, but she ended up going on a Mormon mission herself. And I, I wouldn't say I entirely waited for her, but we wrote the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. And and when she got back, um, we I ended up moving back to Utah because she still had school to finish, so that we could like continue dating and yeah. eventually we got married. But yeah, we met at you know as a regular vanilla BYU couple. No, that's that's I, I'm not surprised by that at all. Mm-hmm. But then is your atheism a problem in the relationship, or is she still part of the church, or is she left as well? So it's. I don't know how to describe it. It's not. Um, it's gone. I would say much better than most um, kind of split couples who leave. Yeah. She's but, but um, kind of and but kind of how I alluded to earlier. She's she doesn't know where she stands, mm-hmm. and so she stopped going to church. Um, she doesn't well wear you know her her Mormon temple garments anymore. Um, we you know we don't read like the Bible or the Book of Mormon or anything like that. But but at the same time, you know she she's told me and she tells other people this that she's chosen you know, her, her marriage over, you know, her religious or over a religion. Yeah. Um, and so the, to be honest, a lot of people in the, in the LDS church don't really care whether it's true. They're just, um, it's like incidental to them. They like the social aspects. Yeah. They like the, um, the purpose that it gives, you know, a lot of, a lot of reasons that people attend any religion. She's a cultural and, Mormon more than anything else, it yeah. seems. Oh, totally. That's exactly how she was. And so now that she's kind of, you know, I've said, this is where I stand. This is what I want to do. And she's chosen to kind of be with me, but it's not, it, and it scares me a little bit because it's not for her reasons. It's just kind of to, to keep the marriage together. Um, <laughs> and so it's, you know, right now things are mostly okay, but it's like when we have kids, is, is she, you know, is she is that going to help make up her mind? Is she going to go back to church? And, you know, there's, you know, it's made, you know, my in-laws are sad and my parents are kind of sad. And so that's been hard. But for, for the most part, when I compare our relationship to other split couples, I, um, I, I feel like we're doing above average. Is that fairly common? Split couples, you said you've kind of referenced that a couple times. Is that among people Mormons? You, yeah, among Mormons. Is it, that... People you know, or is it like an online thing that you reach out to other people? Yeah, it's um, it's kind of just word of mouth. But yeah, there I'm in a Facebook group for for I guess split couples is the best way to describe them, um, where one spouse still attends or takes the kids, and the other doesn't believe anymore. And you know, like everyone's just kind of talking about how to keep the relationship together, how to make it work. Um, so it's I mean, it's common enough that I have friends who you know don't 
that I know that they don't believe, but their their wife doesn't know that they don't believe, right? Because it's yeah. it's a it's a relationship. Yeah, it's, it's a potentially relationship ending discovery. Right. Um, it's and I I might be overplaying it a little bit a little bit, but it's it's not too much to say that coming out as uh, not believing Mormon is almost like coming out as being like gay. Right. Right. We've had a lot of discussions on this podcast with uh, people who've written about split marriage couples when it yeah. comes to oh, religion, yeah. and uh, like they said, and your story kind of falls in line with that. If she was like a still a hardcore Mormon and you were an atheist, that might be, like you said, a relationship-ending sort of thing. But if she's a cultural Mormon where she's still not exactly sure, she kind of likes the social aspect, but it's not about the beliefs of mm-hmm. Mormon uh, people, then it, then you can get past that. That's well, not an issue until you have kids, but then you got to start having <laughs> yeah. some real conversations. But I think also the fact that, like, you guys, Mormonism, first of all, is, like, such a huge cultural, this is me speaking from just, like, secondhand knowledge but it's such a cultural thing that's ingrained in everything it's not you go to church sunday once a week and then kind of leave it then who cares the rest of the week right and also like you live in salt lake city it's kind of inundated everywhere (laughs) yeah yeah it's i mean you're totally right like mormonism is not a sunday thing it's a way of life right and that's not understating it at all um and so, yeah, it's, I mean, we're actually, so it's funny that you mentioned that we're actually moving. I literally, before I got on here, posted to Twitter and Facebook, we're actually moving to Austin, Texas. Oh, awesome. Um, oh yeah. You're going to be all right. In, <laughs> in, uh, oh, are you sarcastic or serious? <laughs> no, no, I'm no, very no, no. serious. You're going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cause I'm going to Texas. I can see it going both ways, but no, Austin's no. not really Texas. You're fine. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm hoping. That's, that's what I've been told. So anyway, so, so like with that move, um, she's like, well, when I go to Austin, I want to go to church or like to a church. And I was like, well, really? Like what kind of church? She's like, I don't know. I just want to make friends. Cause like literally right. that's the only way we know how to make friends is by going to church. It's really sure. this, this weird <laughs> thing. And so I'm like, well, maybe we go to like a humanist. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what you call it. Uh, gathering. There are, um, there are actually some really big humanist, uh, yeah. congregations isn't exactly the right word, but communities gathering. for sure. Yeah. Then there are some big ones in Austin yeah. because we'll, like, we'll give you names. Yeah. We'll give you names if you want. <laughs> It, when oh, you're in I, Texas, more than any, and in it. Utah, you kind of need those like uh, islands to kind of, yeah, get away. Because like Jessica said, you're so inundated with religion mm-hmm. when you're in Utah. And when you're in Texas, everything is so uh, religious and big and red and yeah, all yeah. that sort of thing <laughs> that you kind of need those places you can go to where everyone around you isn't super religious yeah. and they're not out to, to proselytize everywhere you go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want to send me, you know, those uh, communities, that would done be, and done. Awesome. We're writing notes right now. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that I noticed with all the coverage of your story, uh, all the coverage I've seen, including the Business Insider piece you mentioned, it's been so focused on how much money you've made <laughs> from the app and stuff. And actually, the yeah. the story that I haven't heard anywhere is that you're kind of publicly coming out as an atheist. And I don't know if that's the first time that's happened for you, but I imagine that uh, may be a more troublesome issue than anything else because <laughs> your Mormon uh, family, extended family, the people you grew up with, went to college with, that's got to be the most surprising part for some of the people who may not know that aspect of your life. Is that fair to say? Yeah, you, you're you're a good interviewer because no one has yes. really talked about... <laughs> Jessica, <no>. pay up. <laughs> I'm writing it down. Um, no, that's, so yeah, so, like, with, so when I emailed... You know, the startup podcast, I like knew what their audience was. I knew what the demographics were, right? Like I knew kind of who I was exposing my beliefs to. Right. 
And and then when it got picked up by, by Business Insider and Fox News, it was like, oh wow, I have no control over this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it was, it, it it did get out further than I wanted it to. Um, and you know, most people I, again, like I've, I've had a couple of old friends from high school and BYU reach out to me, and it, they don't they don't mention like the religious part, but they say, you know congrats on the app or congr- you know good job and that's been actually really gratifying it's been really fun to hear from people um and so i know uh, some people have had questions about me over the years and i'm sure you know obviously this kind of answered it rather uh, dramatically for them but but, but i'm I, honestly i'm kind of glad that it's out there it's kind of just like i don't want to like why why does it have to be this like hidden thing like why can't people right. just know about it and then and and <laughs> so be it like it's it's very freeing preach it, yeah. it is and uh you know i i am worried about the, you know the atheist label i think still has a very negative connotation in the u.s and so that kind of as far as like career concerns me a little bit because and now if you google my name it, you know it's oh it's yeah all you see <laughs> yeah. right no, um I, I totally and, hear you on that because like i come you know kevin and i do this and so i leave work an hour early once a month and if you google my name the first thing that comes up is like friendly atheist whatever but i'm still like people are like what are you doing i'm like going to the suburbs why podcasting what about nothing don't worry about it work friends right. and it's and very yeah, strange we've heard that story a lot too where uh yeah anyone who's publicly atheist online yeah the job prospects is a big concern about coming out because mm-hmm. they can maybe deal with the social issues with their family and friends because uh, they just won't tell people if it affects them. But they are worried about being Googled oh by God. a date or by a potential boss and that being off-putting. But I imagine if you're an app developer, you can be yeah. more independent, maybe, and so it won't affect you as much? I mean, for right now, yeah. But, I mean, I have a lot of life ahead of me. Um, right. And, yeah. you, know, that, you, know, who, you know, this app isn't going to last forever. Right. So, but, I mean, I'll figure it I'll figure, I'm not. I'm not super worried. It's just kind of... You know, it's, it, I mean, it's what happens when you anyone when you draw a line in the sand for almost any topic, not just no, not true. just religion. I'm so, glad we can help make your future job prospects that much worse. <laughs> yeah, just one more one more link. Yeah, right. Um, are you working on any other religion based apps now? Is that where you go with your next uh, project, or do you try something totally different? Yeah, no, I am do. I there's more that I could do to the current apps that I have that I just don't do because I'm I'm just trying to you know every extra day or hour that you spend on that thing that you know you don't want to do <laughs> is just further down the rabbit hole right so right. it's like you know this has been it's been a it's been a great success and i'm happy that it happened but let's you know i don't i don't want to go any further in that direction so You're i'm ready working to on, on yeah other other projects yep fantastic wait i'm i know this is like a 10 minutes ago thing but i want to go back to the fox news morning thing what did they say like were they mad at you or were they like because i feel like fox news is super pro-business so it should be like oh entrepreneur makes good but like did they have negative words for you yeah no so i can i mean if you want to put in the show notes i can send the clip um but i guess i could have watched that before this interview (laughs) no it's it's no it's it's like hard to find the only reason i it's a long story and i barely found it myself so it's it's it is hard to find but um surprising i mean so they try and make it you know it's fox news and dramatic and he's an atheist he's a blah 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 blah. and i'm like okay and then so thankfully at the end the last like 30 seconds is one guy you know, they're coming from the like the capitalist point of view where, you know, he had a better product. He saw yeah. 
you know, opportunity in the market. And so that's kind of how they, they close out the segment for the most part. So I, I was, for considering that it was Fox News, yeah. I thought it went pretty well. Good for them, I guess. I've been yeah, interviewed I, a couple. I mean, I guess. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I've been interviewed a couple of times, not trying to brag, but like we get it, I've been on really Fox famous. News a couple of times mm. and they've treated me really well, but it's because the stories were more interesting, like a human interest story uh. than a... I'm the bad boogeyman sort of guy. And I would imagine if you're an atheist <laughs> selling the Bible, they they like you. They don't want to be mad at you. They yeah, wish more atheists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're selling I what get, they like. I mean, get, as long as they get, you know, more advertisers and more page views, I don't I guess it doesn't matter to them. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know. I, I it, they didn't contact me about it at all. They just I literally got, you know, uh, an email from a friend saying, "Hey, I saw your face on Fox News this morning." I was like, "What? What are you talking <laughs> That's about?" That's always a good email. <laughs> Yeah, I was, well, and I was, no, when first my heart dropped, I was like, oh my gosh, what did they say about me? Um, And then I eventually found it, it wasn't, and it was fine, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun little experience. Trevor, thank you so much for joining us. We'll have links to your website and the the app, because I'm sure listeners want to download the Spanish language Bible. Of course. Um, It's our biggest market. It is. Yeah, you're reaching the right demographic here. English atheist, yes. (laughs) Yes. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thank you to you guys. We'll see ya. Thanks for listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. This episode was taped at Cinnamon Sound Studios in Aurora, Illinois, and the music was written and performed by Brad Chagdis. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a contribution at Patreon.com slash Hemant. That's He-Man T. We appreciate your support. I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blumke. We hope you'll join us next time.